Just made it in for the cold. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God! I gotta tell you about this knowledge I just gained. About what's gonna happen? An hour and a half. No interruptions. No interruptions. I cannot stand I, fucking I can't, interruptions. I can't argue. No, no, I know. Just, just listen to my story. And then tell me what you think. <laughs> Fuck. Hey Kim, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Well, my fucking Skype broke. I had to restart my computer, uninstall Skype, reinstall Skype, restart my computer, and we're back. Whoa, that happened to you? I'm changed. Well, no. <laughs> don't just listen to my story. <laughs> listen to the stories of everyone who's had people who broke Skype. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This is Read It and Weep, episode number 26, A New Hope. We are the podcast about the worst books ever written in 1995. (laughs) Currently, we are reading the second half of... Left Behind by Jerry B. Jenkins and Tim La- I'm an Asshole. And if you if you like pain want to read along with us, you can. Audiblepodcast.com slash readitandweep will get you a free audiobook. Sign up for a trial membership, totally free, and then get your book and uh, listen along with us. It's only 12 hours of your life wasted. We have an ec- oh yes, excellent panel uh, joining me today. He's he's been born again, and just like when you, he was born the first time, he only knows a few words, and none of them are very interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ezra. Jesus, Lord, Jesus, tribulation, <laughs> Jesus, repent. <laughs> also here with us today, he had no ambition to be on this show, but he's honored to have been asked to be here. Oh, and if you disrespect him or don't respect his power, he'll throw you off the Staten Island Ferry. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris. I am going to kill this man, and you aren't going to say a thing about it. (laughs) And of course, my name is Alex. Uh, I'm the host of this show. I just got promoted and then demoted in the same exact day, but I'm finally living the classic biblical dream, a relationship with a girl who's 12 years too young. (laughs) Hey, up top. Yeah, you hit that. So the first thing we always do in the show, of course, and the last thing we do in the show is the compliment sandwich. Uh, I believe it is Chris's turn to go first this week. So Chris, give us one of two nice things that you are required by law to say about this book. Okay. Um, There was precisely one menacing moment in this book, and I loved it. So Nikolai Carpathia is the Antichrist, and he's um, he's giving his speech to the UN. He starts out being like, yes, I, I value the UN, it's mission of peace, I love it, it's great, because we're going to need you guys to avoid World War III, which will surely kill us all. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow. I don't know if they were trying to foreshadow or if they were just stumbled upon being ominous, but that's far <laughs> more ominous to me than a thousand years of fireballs and earthquakes. I mean, like, yeah. that seems like something, you know, well, real. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go second, All right. just because it sounded for a second like Chris was going to take my compliment, and so I want to make sure I get it out before you say it. <laughs> You're going to give it to you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to me. So the last, <laughs> the last 15 minutes of this book are totally okay. <laughs> Do you guys yeah, notice that? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. The last 15 minutes, it turns into this, I mean, a little supernatural, but like an actual like thriller. 
Carpathia fucking shoots this guy at a meeting with a lot of attendees who could potentially do him harm, and he does it in the way that the Antichrist would, which is very talky and slow, but (laughs) shoots the guy and then proceeds to say, you guys saw this guy commit suicide, and then it brainwashes them, you know, except for the one intrepid guy who has God on his side, and then that guy has to tell everybody that it was different and no one believes him. And for a moment, I'm like, wow, this is kind of a badass. Yeah. Why don't they write like this for the whole book? No, it turns out that the Antichrist is by far the most interesting thing in this book. Oh, yeah. I thought the Antichrist was really boring, because right for the first couple hours, all the Antichrist's powers are is We're lists. memorizing lists. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, he, he knows every country in the UN and is not afraid to prove it to you in speeching. <laughs> it pronounces all of them correctly. I like how being the harbinger of the apocalypse means that you say Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> like, the last 15 minutes, we're okay. This book is a lot about redemption, and um, actually, for me, it did redeem something, which is um, Twilight, <laughs> because it made me see that Twilight was not actually did not actually have the least believable romance ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, the most the worst romantic scene I've ever seen is between um, Buck and Chloe, uh, where they're talking about how old he is and how young she is. <laughs> I mean, I've seen two bricks next to each other with more chemistry. <laughs> like, man, those bricks could be stacked. <laughs> hey, so, Chris, I have no jokes. Please summarize. All right, Alex, I will tell you the story of this book. So the second half opens with Nikolai Carpathia, the president of Romania. He's going to give a speech to the UN, and he does so, as we mentioned, with merely a list. That's it. And everyone gets so pumped that he's going to say their country next in alphabetical order that they start standing and cheering in the UN. If there's one thing that I've learned from 14-plus years of schooling It's that roll call is never exciting. (laughs) It's a time where if you are Zaire, you've got a lot of time to score some drugs from uh, whoever else. (laughs) Zaire (laughs) is playing games on his TI-83+. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, drug war is awesome. (laughs) What? what, We're at at Lagos? Okay, yeah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) By LSD? (laughs) Oh, I got robbed. (laughs) Anyway, so Buck and Rayford are are getting together in Chicago to figure out... know uh god mm-hmm. and rayford comes to christ and he's trying to get his daughter to come to christ and buck's trying to come to christ and buck becomes the editor of the global because his boss leaves to go be uh, the antichrist press secretary and the girl he was hitting on leaves to go be the, the antichrist whore slash secretary <laughs> yeah and at the end buck and Rayford and Chloe all go to New York to hear Nikolai speak again, except Nikolai, instead of uh, instead of just letting Buck take notes, uh, shoots two guys. <laughs> and oh, oh, and they form they form a superhero team of Christians called the Tribulation Force. <laughs> Chris, you uh, you mentioned something a lot about like Jesus coming or that kind of stuff, and I, I just like to read this section, which is probably the dirtiest thing I've ever read. <laughs> Okay, what's going to happen now is this is a, a re- regular segment on this program called Ezra Talks Dirty to You, <laughs> <laughs> in which Ezra notices dirty things from books. Yes, I'm coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That, that was a quote from the Bible. And then right after that, 
So Jesus said he was coming quickly. Had he come? And if the Bible was as old as it seemed, what did quickly mean? Maybe Jesus meant that when he came, he would do it quickly. Wow. <laughs> Can't sneak one by you, man. You you catch it. <laughs> I actually have a couple more if I can. <laughs> All right, but at the end, I might refer to you as a cum catcher because you're so good at noticing these. Go ahead. These are no longer cum related. Okay, good. Not entirely cum related. <laughs> okay. Hattie returned slightly refreshed, but still puffy eyed, and sat again as if ready for more punishment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, and then this last one is um, with Buck talking to Bruce, the pastor, the guy, who we already know is uh, is somewhat immoral since he was not taken up. So I'll take as much time tonight as you'll give me. I don't mean to be morbid, Mr. Williams, but I have no family responsibilities anymore. But I have enough energy to go to midnight if you do. I'm all yours. I have one, too. So Buck is going to interview Rayford uh, at the restaurant, and he's talking with Hattie. And he's like, yeah, Rayford Steele. I really want to interview him. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And he has a daughter. She's cute. You may want to interview her, too. And he's like, yeah, I just might want to interview her. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask her some pertinent questions. (laughs) In the ass. From the murder capital, where we murder for capital. Let's talk a little bit more about the Antichrist. Yeah. So his name is Nick. <laughs> and he likes blondes. Does like blondes. he likes peace. <laughs> he doesn't mind Jewish people, but he really hates English people. <laughs> so, so what we can know about Jesus, about, you know, anti-Antichrist. Um, <laughs> terrible memory. Okay. Uh, no knowledge of UN history whatsoever. <laughs> no, they, okay, they literally they make him the head of the UN because of his encyclopedic knowledge of the history of the UN. <laughs> because his ability to memorize a Wikipedia page. It's great though, because it just shows how little anyone knows about the UN. <laughs> it's like, oh, is that what we're supposed to do? Oh, cool. No, you're in charge now. That's great. Well, <laughs> maybe this is a, maybe this is just a target demo thing. I mean, maybe it's just about how little the target demo of this book knows about the UN. Because, you know, if we were supposed to be learning something, we would have been impressed. But because you and I are, you know, cosmopolitan world citizens, you know, we were, you know, merely bored. <laughs> it's also a possibility that because none of us do know anything about the UN, there is actually something in the UN charter where it's like the current world record for recitation of countries is at 48. If you can beat this, you win the UN. <laughs> <laughs> a tiebreaker will go to the applause decibel meter. <laughs> <laughs> As may or may not be obvious at this point, we don't really know a lot about the Bible, so rather than having to read any of it, we decided to call someone who had read at least the book of Revelations and had also read this book at one point on purpose. So uh, Kim is here and she's going to help us clarify a few things about uh, the Antichrist and Revelations in general. Thanks for being here, Kim. Yes. So I guess the question uh, of the religious aspects of this that I don't understand exactly, is the Antichrist and Satan, are they the same person, or is there sort of an unholy trinity that they're both a part of? Oh, you know what? I think there might be. This is one of the things I'm not particularly, I don't recall directly, but I think it's kind of a son of Satan sort of thing, you know? Like he's the foil for Jesus, if you will. Oh, 
I believe. And then there's also the Beast in there, and there's also the Whore of Babylon. I don't remember where that shows up either. Oh, that that's got to be Hattie Durham, right? I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It totally is. Yeah, she's just all. I thought she was just whore. an average whore, but you're right. She's she's a, a an epic whore. Yeah, she's gonna be the whore of New Babylon. Yeah, that's <laughs> us three whore. Yeah. This I mean, isn't just a trinity. At this point, we're talking about like a whole symphony of devils. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the whole point. Odds are against you. That's why you got to have your faith to be your armor. Can right? I just say right that you know say what you will about the demonic symphony, but those guys can rock. <laughs> <laughs> they play yeah. a mean violin, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Although they get beat by Johnny nine times out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kim, I got a question. Yeah. What do you know about the, the Antichrist? So, like, anti, as I know, is a prefix that means not. So, <laughs> is this supposed to be like a not anything Christ like? Is like, you know, so if Christ likes, you know, chocolate ice cream, Antichrist likes vanilla, is this the kind of thing we're supposed to expect? I don't think it quite works that way. I feel like he's more of a. Because, like, uh, the Antichrist is supposed to be particularly personable. Like, in the in the book, uh, Nikolai, what's his face? Is, yeah. is, like, you know, a personable dude. And I feel like Jesus probably wasn't an asshole. So, like. Well, just yeah. maybe he didn't have the great people skills. <laughs> he was really nice, but he's just kind of shy. So, he had yeah. Right? To... <laughs> kind of a mumbler. Yeah. He wasn't really a networker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. No, and, you know, Carpathia speaks, you know, like nine languages. So, I'm assuming that Jesus was mostly mute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus also spoke nine languages, but they were all non verbal <laughs> right, language of dance, language of love. A couple whale languages. You know what I love, and this is great, is that you know Carpathia is blonde and Aryan, and Jesus was a black man. So, you know, guys, I just realized this. So Jesus is a black man, right? But Jesus is also Jewish. There's only one Jewish black man I know, which is Sammy Davis Jr. And he only had one eye. <laughs> Thus, Jesus has one eye. <laughs> Thus, Jesus was part of the Rat Pack. That was some stellar detective work, you guys. As <laughs> a team effort, that was really impressive. Hey, so Antichrist just means denier of Christ, according to this Wikipedia article. Um, so he's not the antithesis of Christ, he is merely the anti... That sounds like it's lowercase, like, I'm anti-cargo pants, but I am not the embodiment of all that is not cargo pant or the nullifier of cargo pant. Look, look look if you want i you know we can you can substitute cargo pants for christ in this why don't you do that while you're reading it to me because it makes it easier for me to understand john 2:22 who is a liar except he who's denying that these pants are the cargo pants <laughs> this one is the anti cargo pants who is denying the retailer of cargo pants <laughs> and the wearer of those cargo pants <laughs> Ezra, I was following you along on that on Wikipedia, and I still didn't quite catch what you were saying. <laughs> I think what you're missing here is the definitive article. Of oh, the so Antichrist? The as opposed to A, and I think the Antichrist, capital A, is the one that we made up post-Revelations. The one who denies Christ better than all other Christ deniers. Yeah. The one who makes others deny Christ, maybe? Yeah. Oh. So, maybe? Chris, if you uh. evangelized against cargo pants, you could be the anti-cargo pant. Oh, that's like every Saturday morning, man. I hang out over an overpass and just time. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for coming by and being so such a good sport, Kim. Uh, okay. For coming on today's show, uh, you will receive a business card. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, so uh, up until the last few pages, few minutes, th- there are two separate stories. Until the point where they merge, and it becomes about Buck and the religious people. Because Buck was sort of a badass atheist, too, until... He yeah, he was like an Indiana Jones adventurer guy. He had his equipment, he had his utility belt, yeah. he was going places. I was I was on Team Buck. And then he you know, <laughs> And then he met a girl that he wanted to sleep with who was Christian and so he became really Christian too. But until that point, it had been two separate stories. And for me, every time it switched from one story to the other one, I was disappointed. Because I was like, oh, man, I hate this other story. <laughs> then it would switch back and I was like, oh, I fucking hate this story. So, uh... <laughs> Which story did you enjoy less between between Buck Rayford and Rayford Steele's stories? Uh, clearly, I enjoyed Rayford Steele's stories a lot less. Yeah, there was I, I'd agree. way less jet setting, more moping about and wishing his daughter was a true Christian, Ugh. and way more just like regret without any character development to build it up. You yeah, know, there, was, there was really nothing there for the bulk of it. I think. Until Buck thinks he might get get a piece of a hot, nearly underage ass um, by becoming a Christian. Uh, really, most of the heavy lifting of conversion is done by Rayford Steele, which is really, really boring to listen to. Yeah, no kidding. No, that's really true. And you know, my the worst thing for me about the conversion stuff, they never wrote the good parts of conversion. I mean, this was not Saint Augustine's The Confession. You know, it was it was, <laughs> and he told his story. And then you get, and Rayford was convinced by the story. <laughs> there wasn't like internal struggle of faith versus rationality. There wasn't, you know, he found the earnestness of the story so convincing. And, you know, like what are, is this a world populated by Muppets? You know? <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. show is called Converting Muppets. <laughs> we go around to Muppets and try to convince them of really stupid things. <laughs> Well, I was really convinced by his earnestness. <laughs> hey, Kermit, do you know that apples are made out of peanut butter? Well, that makes sense. <laughs> so besides insultingly naive conversions to Christianity, there's also insultingly a retrograde misogyny going on in this book. <laughs> you guys pick up on that? So, for instance, they're all going out to dinner, Buck, Rayford, Chloe, and Hattie, and the gentlemen notice that both women had clearly spent the afternoon in a beauty parlor. They had. They'd been getting dolled <laughs> up for this dinner. I have not heard that phrase uh, forever. <laughs> what I really expected was for them to come out looking like 80s Midwestern wife with like the, the big hair and the caked-on makeup and the, the acrylic nails. That's what I pictured the entire time. Because Chloe's makeup has even said like it made her look older. <laughs> yeah, she... Here's, Here's a little beauty yeah. tip for you. <laughs> if you're painting on crow's feet, or in general, so much makeup that it makes you look older, you're wearing too much makeup. You're blowing this. I like the idea that maybe it wasn't just you know, like a standard beauty salon. Maybe it was like a for like Japanese geishas or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like maybe kabuki-style makeup. Yeah. Or it was like the actor's studio during their like old people makeup workshop. It, yeah. She accidentally walked into the back of a Broadway play. <laughs> we just got to do the start of Our Town. You know that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, another dating tip. If you're a 21-year-old and you're trying to hit on a 30-year-old, he doesn't want you to look older. He digs that you look like you're 20 still. Yeah, that's why you have a shot. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end.
me this really interesting thing uh, the other day between episodes. You were telling me the original idea for this book was LaHaye was on a plane, right? Yeah. And he saw like a, a much older flight captain hitting on a younger, hotter stewardess. And he thought to himself, well, wouldn't that guy feel like a jerk if the rapture happened right now? That's really what it is? That was, Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, he saw that there was, there was a married uh, captain hitting on a, a younger uh, yeah. flight attendant. Wouldn't he feel like a jerk if the rapture happened? <laughs> like, what is that? It's like, wouldn't he feel like a jerk if the autopilot failed? Like, <laughs> it should be on his face. Here, here's the thing. Like, we, we say it's always the worst book. It's always the worst book. We're right this time. Well, no, I'm, I'm just, I've, I've come to the conclusion that every time we're right, it's the maximum amount of pain that we can endure. <laughs> so you're saying that if we, if we were already feeling the pain of episodes 1 through 24 without the content and we went and we read Twilight again for the first time, yeah. that it would be worse than this? Because I don't think so. I mean, this is pretty, pretty damn awful. No, this is this is a none more black situation, right? There's no, <laughs> none more worse. That's how much worse it could be. <laughs> none uh, more worse. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it seems fallacious to say this is the worst thing we've ever read. Every single yeah, I said fallacious. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> that almost sounds dirty. Um, that would be fallacious. Um, but <laughs> Wait, and, what is, and what is it instead of that? Fallacious. Go back to the other one. Fallacious. No, there's there is none more dirty sounding. <laughs> <laughs> funniest part of this whole book is the idea that he would go to the UN and that's how he would take over the world. As if the UN can do anything. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, the UN's going to pass a non-binding resolution to eventually take over the world. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Satan, you know, was kind of swept to the side for a long time, right? Like, Jesus had a couple thousand years that, you know, to sort of banish Satan, right? Mm -hmm. Satan is like, okay, seven years is not that much time. I have to savor this. You know, like, this is my time. You know, it's like it's like, like the second half of like a, of a championship basketball game. Yeah. Right? Satan's like, these seven years. Minions, these seven years, man. This is all we get. I want you guys to all leave it on the earth. Come on. You will remember this next seven years for the rest of your life. Now, I don't want your life. <laughs> yeah, no, Satan is, is Matthew McConaughey in uh, We Are Marshall. Yeah. I really wanted to be James Vanderbeek in Varsity Blues. <laughs> this is Satan is James Vanderbeek. It's not much of a stretch. Not much of no. a stretch. Satan is Gene Hackman in Hoosiers. <laughs> Satan is Emilio Estevez in The Mighty Ducks. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, that's probably it, actually. <laughs> are you no, are you saying that because you believe it or because you're, you're out and you're clearly losing this game? No, I mean, that, that I actually believe it. <laughs> Okay, who's got something else to say? Let me go to my notes. 
I went to my notes and I was like, oh shit, I used all of my notes. Oh, already. I'm so. Uh, no, I got this one. I totally got this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One of the little known uh, problems of the rapture is how terrible it is for abortion clinics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Well, we should play a clip of this because this is amazing. So, this is a clip of Hottie Durham conversing about abortion clinics and oh, what a conversation it is. Here's an excerpt. You know I have a sister who works in a pregnancy clinic, and they're set up to do abortions right there. But my sister told me they have zero business. Well, that would make sense given the disappearance of unborn babies. My sister didn't sound too happy about that. Hattie, I imagine everyone's horrified by that. Parents are grieving all over the world. Maybe. But my sister and her bosses and the rest of the staff are out of work now until people start getting pregnant again. I get it. It's a money thing. They have to work. They have expenses and families. And aside from abortion counseling and abortions, they have nothing to do. Nothing. Isn't that awful? (laughs) 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 That's pretty crazy, right? I love... I mean, she glosses over it. Hottie doesn't seem to care. But an excellent point is made there in that there were, at that moment of the rapture, probably thousands of women strongly considering getting an abortion and then magically the fetus disappears it's a christmas miracle (laughs) i mean there's so many things i love about this Uh, why don't you tell me one okay one i love that like that's that's why someone gets in the abortion business is because like they really are excited and gung-ho about abortions yeah like abortions aren't like a bad thing for them. They love abortions, right? It's oh, like they've got to have their enough. abortion fix. Yeah. Like they have they tally. They they keep a tally on their bedpost of how many abortions they've performed. Yeah. They love their abortions. Yeah. And you know, they wake up in the night after a bad dream, they look at those notches and they go, Yes. It's like, oh, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I can still abort something tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate I hate bank holidays because I can't abort anything. Oh. <laughs> Just go around soliciting, Hey, hey man, you have anything I can abort? I, I need to abort something bad. Oh, man, I got family. <laughs> they watch Apollo 13 and they just get turned on by the language. <laughs> abort! Abort! <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Has anybody in the Tim LaHaye, Jerry B. Jenkins, and editing and fa- friends and family who read this manuscript, did, did nobody stop and say, hey, do you know that uh, doctors perform abortions? It's not the only skill a doctor knows. They can find other ways. <laughs> yeah. Doing anything else doctor-like. Yeah. Also, counselors who specialize in helping women who have pregnancies that they would like to terminate, you can counsel anybody. <laughs> Especially women still. Yeah, they need there it. Are still women, yeah. There are still women grieving over the loss of their fetus. Surely this is a great – I mean this is a growth industry for you. <laughs> right. it's, it's like, well, I, I'm sorry. I just have these useless uh, counseling skills now that you know, we're in the worst crisis ever. <laughs> Anyone know some other some other jobs? Uh, you know, likewise impacted. Well, I, I, was, I should say that the doctor who normally performs abortions during a massive crisis, where all kinds of, like there's millions of car accidents and fires and horrible tragedies everywhere. I'm sure they're not just sitting in their abortion clinic going, why is nobody calling me? <laughs> There's like a tumbling pulls by. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, slow day. This has been so <laughs> slow since all of the fetuses that I desperately need to kill have disappeared. <laughs> I sell them by the umbilical. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I had to get knocked off myself just so I could abort it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> can't have too many more days like this. The old uterus just can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a Christian science and faith healers would probably be out of business. Yeah. <laughs> They'd all be gone, though. I, mean, I know. Yeah. It's also, like at, like, at the Christian bookstore, like, what? No one's buying anything? man what am i gonna do with all these shitty books and all this porcelain (laughs) all this porcelain that's me in the corner that's me in the spot like losing my religion well so this is our this is the last nice thing you'll ever have to say about this book and if we're lucky the last thing we'll ever have to say about this book so Please, in reverse chronological order, Ezra, please grace us with a compliment. So at one point, the pastor guy is talking about you know, what's, what to expect for the next seven years. And they're all pretty shitty. You know, there's not a whole lot of great stuff in this next seven years. You know, it's like, you know, first, there are these judgments. And then, if you survive those, more judgments. And if you survive that, earthquake. If you survive that, another earthquake. And then the worst pain ever. Then another earthquake. And then Jesus comes back. But you'll probably won't live to see that point. But what thing I liked about it is he was really excited when he was doing it. So I, I like to picture sort of like a, a fat kid, like in a um, wizard robe at the top of a treehouse, talking to all his friends about this epic, epic dungeon they put together. He's like the dungeon master, and he's like, "There's like seven judgments, but then there's an earthquake, <laughs> and then if you survive that, there's like another earthquake." <laughs> You guys are not going to believe this. There's no way you're going to survive my kick-ass dungeon. <laughs> so so my, my final comment to this book is that I really appreciate it because this book taught me some geography. Oh? And my geography knowledge, as some of you may well know, not very good on the geography front. So it turns out Romania is a place and is some in some way related to Rome. Get out of town. Yeah. No kidding. Isn't Shut the crazy? front door. <laughs> Shut the front door. <laughs> okay, well, my compliment has to do with the interaction where Buck decides that he wants to go to Chicago, and he decides he wants to sit in the plane next to Chloe. So he gets a ticket and surprises her by being next to her when she wasn't expecting him. And she goes, Buck, I don't mean to sound like a schoolgirl, but have you ever received a direct answer to prayer? And I just don't know how college students sound like that. <laughs> but then she goes, Buck, seeing you, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me in a long time. <laughs> Emphasis on long time, despite the implication that she's had orgasms in college. <laughs> so he makes her like really girly and weepy, or I guess the, the two authors, and they make Buck really manly because he doesn't know how to deal with emotions. It says, Buck felt a strange emotion. That if he spoke, his voice would be husky, and he would be unable to continue. (laughs) (laughs) That's puberty, by the way. (laughs) Hey, and lastly tonight, uh, we're probably going to start doing this a little more regularly, but uh, we're going to close up with a little mailbag segment. 
on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash readandweep. Jillian suggested that we read Amazon reviews for some of the books we're reading, including this one. And so I wanted to read you guys an excerpt by M. Jarrett. It's about four paragraphs long, but I'll just give you a little idea. It starts with this. Essentially, this series is about world domination. An advanced alien civilization is trying to enslave the human race with minimal physical effort over a long period of time, in parentheses, 2,000 plus years. They appear to humanity and demonstrate acts of magic, and then he goes on to say that they embed small genetic markers, and then later, many thousands of years later, pull back all of the people with those genetic markers, and thus everybody falls into in line and believes in them and gives over to them. Okay, so, the, so the review is hilarious, and then what's so awesome about it and what makes me love the internet is that 366 out of 391 people found the review helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Further, in the comments on his review, there'll be a comment that's like, this is a pretty good review, but you missed the part about how the whole thing is, an, is a metaphor for the author's deep struggle with his own repressed sexuality. And then somebody else will say something like, no, actually, this book is about revelations and Christianity. And and then that second comment will have been reported as abuse like a hundred times <laughs> and will be hidden. So you have to click a button that says, like, show possibly abusive posts. So... Although this book is makes me sad for the world, the internet makes me happy. So thanks, Julian, for sending me that direction. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks, Julian. Hey, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Read and Weep. We will be back at you next week. We will be talking about the movie version of this, a made-for-TV movie which you can find, I don't know how. Uh, if we find it on YouTube or something like that, we'll link it for you. But we'll be watching Left Behind, the Kirk Cameron feature. And uh, we hope you all will join us for that. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Nikolai fucking Carpathia. <laughs> I'm a little evil. Yeah, twice is enough to mention the Audible link, right? I don't have to do that again. No, it's fine. No, but, I... but find us on Facebook. We're out there. Yeah, so... Thank you, Chris and Ezra, for joining us, for being here today. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are awesome and funny. Special thanks to uh, Apocalypse Expert Kim for coming in and, uh, and talking to us. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Nothing from nothing, leave nothing.